Welcome to the Durham Podcast. I'm Dr. Rajani Kata, and I'm here with my friend and colleague, Dr. Tomi Lee Wall. We're both board-certified dermatologists, and in this podcast, we bring you the expert scoop on glowing skin with food, skincare, lifestyle, and non-invasive procedures. Before we get started, I wanted to go over two things. First is chia seeds. So if you've been in, you know, some of these fancy bakeries lately, you might have seen that there are chia seed puddings. Or if you make overnight oats, you might have noticed that a lot of recipes are calling for chia seeds. Well, chia seeds actually do have fantastic health properties. So just two tablespoons of these seeds contain five grams of protein and 10 grams of fiber. We know natural fiber is fantastic for your health and for your skin because it helps to stabilize blood sugar levels and support the growth of good gut microbes. And so one of my recipes for overnight oats makes use of chia seeds because of these properties. Now, a short disclaimer. This podcast is meant for entertainment purposes only. The information presented does not serve as medical advice and in no way substitutes for professional care by a physician or other healthcare provider. For any medical concerns, please contact your physician. Tell me for today's episode, I wanted to talk about brown spots on the face. And I had a specific question related to one of my friends and she had a brown spot that showed up on one of her cheeks and it was kind of bothering her. So she went to see somebody who treated it with laser, but afterwards her brown spot actually ended up getting darker. So I wanted to just start by asking you how you would approach a situation like this. First of all, what would you do with a brown spot on the face? Yeah, that's a really good question, Regine, because I think not all brown spots are equal, right? So seeing a uh, board certified dermatologist is super important in the initial evaluation because you want to make sure, is it a brown spot, a sun freckle? Or is it something else? I've had people come to me saying, I just want this pesky little discoloration off my face. But when you really examine it closely and sometimes, you know, do a biopsy on these spots, they turn out to be a type of melanoma or skin cancer. So it's really important that we make sure that we are not lasering a skin cancer, which would be a devastating outcome in the long term. Oh, that's such an important point. Get the right diagnosis before mm-hmm. you start, you know, before you start doing anything. That's a really important point, Tommy. So if you were examining this particular brown spot, let's say that it was not a skin cancer. What are some other possibilities? Yeah, so brown spots can appear, you know, most commonly from sun exposure, the sun freckles or liver spots that we hear about. But Sometimes they are um, genetic type of things, lesions called seborrheic keratosis, which I know you're very familiar with as well. Mm. And these are brown spots that are not flat, but kind of more raised and bumpy on the surface. Those can be treated with laser, but would not respond as well. Um, They can be brown spots that are from, you know, uh, a trauma to the skin. Like, let's say you had a really big acne bump or an ingrown. And when that cleared up, it left a brown spot. Um, You know, it can be from sun exposure and other conditions like melasma, which is sometimes from pregnancy, but sometimes not. So those lesions 
uh, would not respond as well to certain types of lasers. So first thing, make sure of what the diagnosis is. But if it's just truly a sun freckle, then we have a lot of options in terms of treatments with lasers. Mm. Well, let's talk about that more, Toby, then. So if you had a patient who had a sun freckle, um, how would you approach that? Yeah. So first of all, I would make sure that they are using good protection so that their spot does not come back after treatment. So if they're not already using a really good sunscreen and, you know, you and I always talk about what are the qualities of good sunscreen. So I'm not going to go into it here, but make sure they're using a good high quality and the right type of sunscreen regularly, daily. I would make sure that they protect their investment, so to speak. So um, mm-hmm. trying to stay out of the sun during the peak sun hours, because no matter how well we remove it, there's always a possibility it can come back. So we want to make sure that people do their best to try to minimize that recurrence. Um, and then once they, I know that they're on a good regimen, um, you know, I ask them how they want to proceed. Some people want to just try some topical things, which can fade out some brown spots uh, with just a cream. But um, usually by the time people see me, they have already tried the various modalities that are out there, prescription or otherwise, and it hasn't worked. And that's when we start to talk about lasers. I'm glad you went over those other points, Tomi, because I think it's so important and it really speaks to the kind of physician that you are, which is that you really want to make sure you're talking about A, prevention, and B, the basics. I mean, anytime you can treat something topically with something effective, that's, you know, that's that's wonderful. And, um, and what you just said about preventing this from coming back afterwards, I mean, that's so huge. So mm-hmm. I, I'm so glad you talked about those two factors. So let's say that you have your patient who's been fantastic about using sunblock and hats and being really careful about sun exposure and has tried a prescription topical medication to try to fade this sun freckle, uh, but those have not worked. What do you then talk about? Yeah, so then that's when we talk about lasers. And lasers can either treat that focal sunspot, so we can actually just go directly to where that sunspot is and zap it. Um, There are several different types of lasers that would work to break up that melanin. So um, remember, in previous episodes, we've talked about every laser has a certain wavelength of light and it is attracted to something in particular in the skin. So we would want a laser that is attracted to melanin. And those types of lasers can absorb heat in just the melanin, the brown spot in the skin, and then try to heat it up, coagulate it, and lyse it, photothermal lysis. And that's kind Mm. of the theory behind that. So some patients want the quick, easy zap, turns dark, turns kind of scabby, and then over the course of a week to 10 days, um, these scabby flakes come off, and it's much clearer, if not gone completely. And that's the usual. Um, Other people want, well, it's not just this one brown spot. I have around it 15 other smaller brown spots, and I think I'm going to notice all of these. So what can I do to treat the entire skin, In in which case we start talking about lasers that are used to Uh, resurface or or treat the whole skin. Mm. Okay, so several questions right off the bat. 
Um, Photothermolysis. Can you explain that real, um, real simply again? Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting. So this whole theory was uh, initially um, discussed and invented by this man named Dr. Rox Anderson at Harvard at Mass General, who so happened to be um, the fellowship uh, person that I I worked with the most. He's wonderful. And he came up with this idea when he was in medical school at Harvard. So photo means light. Thermo means heating up. Lysis means destroying. So this whole theory that lasers are based on is that each specific wavelength or each type of laser is attracted to something specific in the skin. That can be water in the case of resurfacing or melanin. Um, as in this case here, or blood vessels in the case of other types of lasers. So that particular wavelength will heat up that particular thing in the skin and destroy it. So it's a lovely idea to limit damage of the surrounding skin or the surface of the skin where you don't want any heat or any problems. And the result is that you can very nicely and cleanly get rid of the thing you don't want, in this case, the sun freckle, and still have nice, beautiful skin afterwards underneath it. Um, it does not scar or blister or cause problems to the surrounding skin. Isn't that just fascinating, Tommy, that, yeah. um, you know, like to to take it from the theory and then apply it and then you get the clinical results. Um, yeah, fascinating. Yeah, I love this whole idea, right? So, yes. Well, and that brings up my next question because one of the things that you focused in on just now was you talked about how the laser goes after the melanin that's in your sun freckle. Well, what if you're treating somebody like me who has a lot of melanin in her skin because I've, I'm more deeply pigmented, I've got darker skin, so there's melanin around there. How does that, um, how does that factor into your decision making? Very good question. So that's where we would choose one type of laser over another. So when I look at the patient, I do try to pick the type of laser to treat the brown spot based on their skin type and you know, other factors, how much sun exposure, if they're suntanned, you know, in the perfect case scenario, if you were, let's say again, snow white, somebody who has very little pigment on the surface of the skin, you can pretty much zap that person's brown spot with any laser and it would work well. Um, but in patients who are more pigmented like myself and, and you, Regine, so we, I would pick a laser that has a longer wavelength of light, which would do a better job of leaving the pigment on the surface of the skin alone and go a little bit deeper in the skin and seek out the brown spot pigment specifically. And so how do you, is that just a decision that you make based on what you're seeing on the surface of the skin from examining the patient? Uh-huh. Um, and also in some cases we don't know. So I would, in some cases, if we're not quite sure which would be the safest or the most effective, I would do what's called a test spot, where we do one little zap with one particular laser, another little portion of the brown spot with a different laser, and have the patients come back in a month, and then we can evaluate which had the best results. Mm. And it's, and I know you, you had nothing to do with the treatment of my friend, but I'm just going to ask you, what do you think might have happened in my friend's case, where she had treatment with the laser, but her spot actually got darker? Yeah, so I wonder if it was 
perhaps post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. So we know that anyone can get this, but more common in patients who are darker skin, where any trauma to the skin, so, you know, like we talked about acne spots or ingrowns or, or any kind of, you know, when I cut myself or burn myself by accident, I always heal with a little more browner or darker discoloration. That's what post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation is. So I wonder if perhaps that could have happened to her. Um, my second question was, was it a brown spot, a sun freckle, or was it something else? Um, perhaps some other lesions would uh, not go away easily with with lasers. And so was laser the appropriate treatment for her based on what the diagnosis of that spot was? Like, for instance, um, sometimes with melasma, we know that lasers can make, turn the skin darker instead of lighter. Um, so that would be another important question. So, Tommy, let's talk about that, because, you know, this is one of the things that we're so focused on is talking about the potential risks and side effects from any procedure, but especially laser procedures. So how do you discuss this with your patients? Yeah, you know, I tell everyone that the darker your skin type is, the more risky lasers in general are. And Patients often know how they heal. So I do ask patients, you know, when you get a cut or a burn, just like I just explained for myself, do you heal with discoloration? And those who do, you do have to be careful about the setting of the laser or making sure you pre-treat the patient with um, topical agents, which will reduce the risk of hyperpigmentation. Um, I do say that sun plays a huge role. So if you had inadvertent sun exposure, so let's say you went to Hawaii and you protected yourself as much as you could, but you were outside eight hours every day for a week, then I would say there is no way that I would do laser on you until a month has passed. So my doctor speak is no sun exposure for one month before and one month after each and every laser procedure because you want to make sure that your pigment cells, your melanin stays as quiet as possible and there's as few as possible before you zap with the laser so that you can get optimal results and reduce that risk of hyperpigmentation. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And tell me, let's say a patient came to you and they just had a single lesion on their cheek. Is that something that one treatment would take care of? And how long would it take for them to recover? Yeah, so in most cases, one should get rid of most of it or all of it. That would be my hope. And it would just be a simple zapping. Most of the lasers are not too tender that you don't really even need numbing medicine. We would just zap. It would turn kind of red and puffy. And you'd walk out with an ice pack. It would heal with a darker kind of discoloration initially. And then over the course of seven to 10 days, usually will flake off and would look much lighter, uh, if not gone. So I've had cases where one treatment, boom, does go away. And others where I've had to go back in a, another month and touch up certain areas. But for the most part, it's fairly straightforward. And so right after the procedure, is this the sort of thing where you can just go back to work or? Um, yeah. Oh, really? Because you mm -hmm. got your ice pack on, but you don't yep. need to. Do it. 
Right. Exactly. Okay. Just one spot. And then you just you can even use some concealer to conceal the darkness of it as it's healing. So it works pretty oh. well. Oh, nice. Well, I think what I'll do is um, we'll do a separate episode to talk about resurfacing where you were talking about a patient who may be a larger sun freckle and maybe a lot of smaller ones around it. You said for a patient like that, you might talk about a different laser treatment. So I think we'll talk about that perhaps in the next episode even. That sounds like fun. <laughs> and Toby, is there anything else you want to, you know, as we wrap up this episode, is there anything else you want to leave our, our listeners with? No, I think, again, um, prevention is key and making sure it's the correct diagnosis before you treat is also key. To our listeners, thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to see more, you can go to our website, which is dermpodcast.com. That's D-E-R-M podcast.com. So thank you again. We hope you have a wonderful week. I'm Dr. Rajani Kata here with Dr. Tomi Lee Wall on the Derm Podcast.